Hello, everybody, and welcome to ROAR. That stands for Revealing Our Amazing Redeemer. This is a conversation. This is a show where we just get into the Word and talk about how cool it is and all the wonderful stuff that the Lord wants to reveal and show us through the Scripture. Um, Because relationship with the Scripture, I believe, especially now, more than ever, is absolutely vital to uh to life and to to everything that we're doing it's always been that way and i think it'll continue to be that way throughout the rest of time so anyway if you don't know who i am my name is sam spellman and uh i am just super excited to to have this conversation today i uh i was looking and, and reading through um just romans 8 9 or excuse me 8 9 10 11 just those four chapters kind of been meditating on different things throughout. And I landed here in uh, chapter 11, and I feel like it's something that is worth a conversation and worth just sharing a little bit and, and letting it, um, you know, bring direction. You know, the, the Word of God brings direction. Jesus was the Word made flesh. Um, so His words bring, you know, us closer to Him. Understanding the Scripture helps us to hear His voice more clearly and gives us discernment, gives us uh, just all kinds of wonderful things. So Romans chapter 11 here, around verse, um, let's see, I want to say like, I guess 20. Now this context is run up. He's talking about the difference between the Jews and the Gentiles and the relationship between both and because of what happened with the Jews and the Gentiles through um, their disobedience, their obedience, the G- uh, Gentiles getting grafted into the family of God, um, not just the natural lineage of Abraham, but now this spiritual through faith, somehow the new believer basically being grafted into this kingdom, into this family, into this bloodline through God's wisdom. So he's kind of touching on all of that and he's explaining it. Um, but he makes a statement, and this statement that he makes kind of towards the middle to the end of, of chapter 11 is what I wanted to highlight today, because I think it it is a catalyst for a lot of different truth, um, and it really helps the heart. So I'm just going to read here this run-up, and then hopefully maybe talk about it a little bit. So let's see how it goes. Verse 20 says this, they were. this is correct, that they were broken off because of unbelief. This is talking about the Jews. But you stand by faith, so do not be arrogant, but fear. Now that right there is like, okay, that's a little little bit of a bold statement. Verse 21, for if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Again, you're thinking this does not sound like good news, Sam. What's going on here? Well, I'll tell you what's going on. Verse 22, therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God, the severity towards those who fell, but the goodness towards you, if you continue in his goodness, otherwise you will also be cut off. This is very sobering words, and I take these words very, um, I take them very seriously in my own uh, relationship and walk with the Lord because, you know, consider the goodness and the severity of God. You know, these things that can seem like opposites and they can't coexist, they do. They both exist as the same same God that we're worshiping, um, the one who is very severe in certain instances, but at the same time is the epitome of all things good. And uh, it's just, it's a it's a really cool thing to re- have this revealed to our hearts. It's a cool thing to realize how 
powerful and amazing God is and the severity of his his absolute power and and just his judgment and the, you know he checks he's 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 a he's the judge of the universe so there's the severity that comes with the authority that he has but at the same time because of the truth that has been revealed that he is our father there is this level of goodness and compassion that is un Describable. Both of those things seem like complete extremes and in opposites just to the natural mind and to, you know, if you try to base it off of a natural circumstance. But in reality, both of these things are married in the spirit and they're both complete. Um, our God is complete. You know, whenever you read and it, it talks about there's angels that are encircling the throne and Revelation says they're crying out, holy, holy, holy. You know, that word holy, it's, you could use the word perfect. You could use where there's no mistake. There's nothing incomplete about who God is, but God is complete. He is the fullness, you know, of all. And so when they're singing holy, they're not just, it's not just like a affectionate term. It's, it's a establishment of justice and truth that God is holy. There's nothing incomplete about him. There's nothing, there's no mistakes. There's no darkness. The Bible says in, uh, I believe it's First John, he says, God is light and in him there is no darkness. So there's this reality of holiness and truth. And, and that's where, you know, Paul uses this word severity. He says, there's severity towards those who fell, but goodness towards you, or excuse me, yeah, goodness towards you if you continue in his goodness. So there's a caveat to this goodness of God, this love of God being shed abroad. Now, Jesus, I believe it's in John chapter 16. I'm going to pull, try to pull this up here. Um, he talks about keeping the Father's commandments. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I want to find the exact scripture. I know like John 14, 15, 16 into 17, they're all this like discussion that Jesus is hap- uh, having. Um and I want to find this, so hopefully I can find it. I'm looking here. Okay, here, here it is, here it is. Uh, it's John chapter 15, excuse me, verse 9. It says, As the Father loved me, I also loved you. Remain in my love. Verse 10, If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in His love. So when, again, whenever the, the discussion of God's goodness And that if you stay in the goodness, if you stay in, you know, it's like, okay, how do I stay in goodness? Well, we just stay in step with what God has written in his word. Again, back to how important it is that we understand the scripture, that we know what God is saying. Um, I heard another minister, I saw it was a little segment of, of a sermon, and he talked about where we have, you know, ignorance, that is a place for the devil to access our lives or have authority the Bible says that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Um, you know, some people say ignorance is bliss. That is not the case. Ignorance is not bliss. It just means you don't know where you're getting stabbed or where you're losing, you know, where where the hurt is. You just can't feel pain because you're ignorant of it. Um, but knowing and understanding the truth, the Bible says the truth sets free. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. In other words, no one accesses the goodness of our Father, of God Himself. No one accesses that except through the blood of the cross or through the goodness, which again, you parallel back to John 15. 
He says, because of the love, so Jesus initiates this through the Holy Spirit. We feel his love. We receive his love, right? We're, we're born again. We acknowledge the love that God had and has, excuse me, for us. So then we respond, but how do we respond? How do we stay in this goodness? How do we keep, you know, you know, how do we stay in this place where the love abides in us? Right here, it's very simple. It says, if you keep my commandments. And that's not just uh, the law thing. The, keeping the commandments is it's healthy to any relationship. Um, bringing it to relational terms, keeping commandments, it's not just, okay, just do the rules. Well, if you treat all of your friendships and relationships like, I just got to keep the rules, um, your relationships aren't going to be very intimate. They're just going to be very cold. It'll be like a business transaction. Um, so when we keep his commandments, why do I want to keep the commandments of God? Because he's loved me, because I love him. So there's, it's a difference to keep the commandments from a place of love, affection, trust, faith, right? The Bible says it's impossible to please God without, excuse me, without faith, it's impossible. So there's, faith is what pleases the Father. Well, what is faith? Faith would be trust. Well, where does trust come from? Trust comes from love. When you love somebody, you trust them. When they've proven their goodness, which we read again in John, because he walked in the love of the Father, he made example of the love that God has for us. So we now have a visible representation. We have testament of more than two or three witnesses. We have the four gospels. We have the epistles. We have all of the prophets in the Old Testament, the the texts that have been given as testimony. So God's not just one-offing saying something, but it's been proven through multiple lives, multiple accounts, through multiple time uh, segments and history. And so this goodness, this love that has been proven, we now have the opportunity to respond to it. And we can then trust in who he is. And that's where the faith comes in. That's where the pleasure of God comes in. Because again, why am I keeping his commandments? Why do I have faith in God? Because of all the good things that I see that he's done for me naturally, all of the things that I've seen and heard through testimony of what he's done for other people, and all of the things even that God shows my heart in the secret place where I see what's coming through the gifts of the Spirit, through prophecy, through different things. I can even see into the the potential future because of the gifts of the Spirit and God's goodness, not only the past, the present, but now even into the goodness of the future and the things that have been written down prophetically even in Scripture. So there's all of these things working together to create this unreputable, basically, front of God's love. So that love that then has been shed abroad makes the severity of not accepting it or believing it or seeing it, you know, it's it's like no one's going to have an excuse at the end, you know, and whenever there's things that happen in every one of us, the Bible talks about there being, there's a judgment seat of Christ, there's account to be given. Um, and when that day comes, you know, no one's going to be able to point a finger at God and say, you weren't fair to me. You didn't give me a chance. There's been hundreds and hundreds of years of chances. Nature speaks of God's goodness. The testimony of his children speak of his goodness. The different preachers throughout the earth, you know, how will they know unless it's been, I think even in the, the chapters before, it talks about um, there being things understood through preaching, through teaching, through words, um, through those who have been called and sent. So, so there's really no excuse in that front whenever, you know, the end of, of our days come and each of us, you know, have that moment where we're, we're reciting back 
what's happening. And we're going to look and, and look at the father and go, you weren't, you weren't fair to me. You know, no one can say that. So all of that wonderful reality creates this severe, again, which is the word that's used here, sober, um, very potent, I guess you could say, feeling of the the reality of the responsibility and just the absolute fair, just scales that God has set. But nevertheless, his goodness is just as heavy, if you even want to use the word heavy, it's just as potent and severe. So he's even saying in 22, consider the goodness and the severity, the severity towards those who fall or fell or reject the goodness of God. But if you continue in the faith, in his goodness, so there's this this beautiful thing in verse 23, I want to connect the goodness again back to faith. What is the opposite of faith? Unbelief. Verse 23, Romans eleven twenty three says this, and these also talking about those who were cut off, if they do not remain in unbelief, will be grafted back in. For God is able to graft them in again. So again, why is God grafting them back in? It's the response of the heart. It's the potency of true faith and love and relationship. It's not just based on do this, do, don't do that. How this, it's how is your heart postured towards the creator of your body, the creator of your soul, and the creator of your spirit. How are you going to choose to respond to him? How do you choose to not just serve him, but follow him, trust him, grow, and let him father you? How do you choose to respond? That is the factor that he's talking about here. That's the deciding factor that every single spirit and soul has to make. Everybody. We all have to make that decision. Are we going to walk through the door of Jesus through truth and light? Or are we going to choose to reject truth and light? It's it's a very, it's a sober, but it's a fair and simple decision. Now, he talks about this continuing. So there's a practicing element of this. If there's been practicing in one direction, here he talks about, though, if they do not remain or practice in unbelief, so there's a heart change because of the goodness of God that is pursuing everybody at every moment. God's not given up on anybody. Now, if people can reject and harden their heart and harden their heart and harden their heart, that's a different conversation. But as far as God rejecting them, that's a, that's not what's happening. God does not reject. He is absolute love. Love does not seek its own. He seeks after us. He's pursued us. He loves us and he cares about us. And there is opportunity to be grafted into the family. That's this good news of the kingdom and the gospel, which we preach as believers. Why do we share the testimony of, of the hope that we have in Christ? Because it's good news that God, an absolute, creative, beautiful, artistic, yes, Father, but also the one who created mathematics to the perfect to perfection, to the smallest decimal point, the one who's created every single nervous system, digestive system, eco, uh, ecological system, geographic system. He's created the perfect proportions of the universe, every galaxy, every orbit, every planet, the size, the dimensions, the placement of the stars in the universe, the placement of every grain of sand on the earth, every single tree, every single coral reef, the, the pockets of fish, the pockets of deer, uh, lions, animals, elephants, um, birds in the sky, all of these things he has calculated to the minute detail. That father has now chosen to love you and pursue relationship with you 
The Bible talks about in Psalms, what is man that you're so mindful of him? There's something that God knows about your life that he wants to have that relationship with you. He wants that severity to land in your heart, yes, so that you can really appreciate how much he wants to bless you, so that you can have a, you know, a a grid to realize how good he is towards you because he is absolutely good towards you. He is faithful in every way. He loves you. He cares for you. And he wants both of those things to dwell in your heart and in your soul so that humility can reign and he can give you grace and he can elevate you. Right? These things all fit together and create this beautiful, um, like symphony in our lives of growth, of love, of truth, of patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, all of the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit, excuse me, not the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit that want to grow in our heart and which then makes us trustworthy for the gifts of the Spirit. You know, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gifts of faith, gift of healing, all of those different things that he wants us to operate in as his children and to become like the firstborn, the cornerstone among many brethren, Christ Jesus of Nazareth, the one who is elevated on high and is seated at the right hand of God, who is making intercessions for us, it says in Romans 8, who is constantly seeking and communing with us and with the Father on our behalf, because again, of the goodness And of the love and the joy, the Bible says, because of the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Why? Because goodness and faithfulness and and just absolute love creates a, a joy and an expectation of something good because love is only good. And that's what God has in mind for you is just good things. He's faithful. He loves you. He cares about you. And I think that's about all I uh, I had to really share in my heart for today. So thank you so much for listening to making it this far. If you made it to the end, congratulations. You made it to the end of the podcast um, in the conversation today. So yeah, this is, it's always a blessing. And these are just some of the thoughts and some of the things that kind of been rolling around in my heart for lack of a better word. But I believe these, these realities of, of the absolute power of God, who he is as creator, the reverence that he is, you know, deserved and the honor, the the reason they are crying, holy, holy, holy. We serve a holy God. There's nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing. There's nothing incomplete about who he is. And yet absolute perfection chose to come down and put on mortal flesh <laughs> and pursue us. And he wants us to to have that relationship. It's a gift. It's an honor that we get to to stand before the Lord and boldly approach the throne of grace. That he would even pour out his grace upon us. It's it's humbling. It's it's a uh, it's elevating. It's it's I can't even put it into words. It's uh it's the gift that we've been given in Christ, and it it deserves so much. And there's a reason you read in Revelation. All of the words, all of the praise, all of the things that are given, the crowns that are placed, there's a reason that those things happen, because He is worthy of it all. And uh, so, anyway, man, this just gets me excited. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the conversation. Um, you guys are amazing. I am blessed to be able to talk to you and just share even some of the things that I know the Lord's sharing with me. So thank you for listening. Um, like always, chew the hay, spit out the sticks. Anything I said that just was it, eh, check it to the word. Ask Holy Spirit. He is the one that leads us into all truth. And thank you so much for listening to Roar. And I will see you guys next time.